Hey, Real Life Family, this is Pastor Freddie T, and I'm coming to you right before Christmas to bring you a series of very short podcasts for you to listen over the holidays. So for those of you that may not have heard the story of Real Life Church, I want to start with a story. Again, I'm about to release a handful of very short podcasts just to keep us dialed in to the DNA of real life over the holidays. Uh, On this one, I'm going to share the story of real life. But first, let me say I hope that you've had an amazing Christmas. I hope that your heart has been filled with joy. I hope that you've had lots of laughter. I hope that you haven't gained too much weight. I hope you got exactly what you wanted for Christmas. I hope that your heart is filled with faith as you look forward to 2024 and that your heart is anchored into the promises of God. You know, we have so much to be thankful for, and we have so much to look forward to. I'm so excited about the work of the building. The building's just the house of bricks where the builder's going to build his building. We know that. And yet, it's going to be a massive resource for our church to make disciples, to lean into the mission of God with all that we have. I can't wait to see all the prayer groups all the meetups, all the discipleship that's just going to take place over cups of coffee in our church lobby. So would you and your family be praying for this process? Pray that God protects everything that happens on that land. And uh, here is just a little snippet of the story of real life. Many years ago, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Jolton, David Royalty, had a dream, a literal dream, while he was sleeping And in this dream, he was walking through Sango, knocking on doors. Well, he took this dream as though it was from the Lord and that the Lord was impressing on his heart that that his church, First Baptist Jolton, was going to be helpful in seeing a new church planted in Sango. He woke up from his dream. That next Sunday, he told his church about it, and they began to talk about God's leadership and leading them to help plant a church in Sango. Well, this conversation took place for a couple of years at his church, and eventually he began to pray with three other pastors periodically over the span of two years about their common burden to see a new church planted in Sango. You know, the remarkable thing about this is that often when churches are planted in communities, the existing pastors feel territorial. They feel threatened. They, they, they're kind of a, what are you doing in our territory? What are you doing in our backyard? That's why this story is so significant, is that here were four pastors that weren't feeling threatened or territorial about a new church plant, but they were actually leading the way, praying that God would send the planter, praying that God would prepare the harvest. And they did this over the span of two years, trusting that God was going to move. Well, as the story progressed, They began to talk to a couple of different church planters or prospective church planters. Uh, Nothing developed. They thought they had one church planter ready. He backed out kind of at the last minute, and one of the pastors mentioned my name. At the time, I was pastoring in Scottsdale, Arizona, and the other pastor said, well, let's give him a call. They gave me a call. I flew in from Phoenix and uh, met with these pastors, heard their heart, prayed with them, and almost immediately had a sense of, I need to, I need to come home. 
Clarksville's my hometown. So it's Susan, my wife's hometown, and plant this church. And I didn't know all I didn't know how that all that was going to happen, uh, but God was stirring in our heart on the plane ride back to Phoenix. Uh, God gave me the name Real Life Church. A friend of mine had told me he said, "Don't don't give the church a name until you've written down a hundred names and scratched through all of them, but one." I had about seventy names on a notepad, and on the plane ride back, so had one circled Real Life Church. And I was reading a book at the time that kind of poked fun at mission statements a little bit. And uh, in, in that book, he said, you know, every church's mission is the same. Jesus gave every church its mission, make disciples. He said, the church needs a mantra. And for some reason, that really resonated with me. And on that plane ride back, the Lord uh, gave me this phrase, keep it real, keep it Jesus, that has become the banner over everything that real life has done. Fast forward. Uh, we moved to Clarksville in 2017, December of 2017. We begin to gather a core team uh, early 2018. These pastors that were invested in this work were so generous. They had me preach in their churches. They encouraged people to partner with the work. We began to meet on Sunday nights, and my goal with this core team was to deprogram these overprogrammed church people and to equip them to live and to think like missionaries. Our dream as a church was really to rediscover the second greatest commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. What we had observed is that we lived in a time where people were exhausted, people were overcommitted, people were super busy, and people had lost the art of neighboring. Many people didn't even know their neighbors' fears, hopes, and dreams. Much less, many, many didn't know their neighbors' names, much less their neighbors' fears, hopes, and dreams. So we dreamed of a church that wouldn't be overprogrammed, that would be relationship rich, where we could rediscover the second greatest commandment of loving your neighbors yourself. We launched public worship services in 2019, and oh my goodness, what a journey it has been. I want to thank you. Those of you that are listening to this podcast, I want to thank you. If you attend Real Life, thank you for your presence. Thank you for coming. Thank you for opening your heart. Thank you for investing in the mission. Thank you for rolling up your sleeves and helping us build something significant. You know, it takes everybody in a new church plant. A startup is very different than an existing church. It requires an output that an existing church doesn't. It can be exhausting, but, but listeners, I want you to know you have made it a joy. It's been so rewarding to see the harvest that God has entrusted to us. Dozens and dozens and dozens of people finding Jesus and following him in baptism and growing in their relationship with God. I think of the people that have stepped foot in real life as adults, and it was the first church that they had ever stepped foot in. I just give God glory for this. Um, now we find ourselves five and a half years in building a facility that's going to propel the work of God forward. It's going to establish a permanence. It is our time. Church, thank you for embracing our time. Thank you for investing in Jesus' mission. The best truly is yet.